as a brand, making sure you have backups and leaving flexibility if your offers don't work is super important. Treating your customer right and understanding your customer and knowing who your customers are is you know, critical to any success in business, in my opinion. As a founder in the early days, you really need to get tight on cash flow, whether you're raising or not raising. That's like the most important thing is do not run out of money. And I think after you really evaluate it, you need to think through like, do I need this cash or do I not need it? And, and that's probably the best place to start. On this episode, you're going to listen to a founder Q4 strategy roundtable at our recently concluded Commerce Excel conference. It's a great episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or fourfold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kumle Campbell. So welcome to today's episode of the 2X e-commerce podcast. This is a replay from our Commerce Excel conference. It was for an expert panel which involved founders um, for the Q4 strategy. Um, it was hosted by Emily Methner, who is the co-founder of Your Cat Backpack. And um, she had some really, really exciting guest in, in this particular session. She had Kevin Gout, who's the founder and CEO of Combo Ventures. If you don't know Combo Ventures, they actually own the brand, the fast moving, the fast, fast growth consumer brand called Glamnetics. They're a, an eyelash company. They grew significantly fast over the pandemic to 50 million in, in revenue. You have Jordan Schoenler who's um, the co-founder of New Fabrics. You know him, um, if you listen to the podcast, that is. And and they do healthware. Um, they've been on the podcast initially. We had Casey Jones, who's the co-founder of Apola. Apola is a performance wear, um, you know, um, brand. And we had Kelly Thornton, who's a co-founder and CEO of Teach Handy. Very, very, very interesting conversation. Um, I want to be very cognizant of your time. Enjoy the, the panel. Um, and yeah, I shall catch you on the other side. Side. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. 
Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com forward slash 2x. All right. Hello, everyone. So I'm excited to be here. My name is Emily Mithner. I'm the founder of Travel Cat. Uh, we are a uh, direct-to-consumer, uh, seven-figure pet product brand. And I'm excited to bring on our other panelists today who are all founders to share their different strategies and approaches to making sure they have an excellent Q4. So we'd love to bring up all our other panelists. I know everyone hopefully got a chance to read everyone's bios, but uh, it would be great if everyone still wants to take just a one-liner in case folks are tuning in after, if everyone just wants to give sort of a one-line intro to your company and your background, and then we'll get into the questions. And Kevin, your square is next to me, so I'm gonna pick on you first. Great. Uh, hey guys, quick background. My name is Kevin. I'm the co-founder of a couple different consumer brands. One is Glammedic. It's an eyelash and uh, nail brand. The other is insert name here. It's women's hair and hair care. The third is Waycart, which is candles and fragrances. Um, we're D2C, Amazon, and then uh, two of the brands are carried in Ulta, Sephora, and a number of other retailers. And so excited to chat. Awesome. Jordan? Yeah, nice to meet you all. Uh, I'm the founder of a company called New Fabrics. Our core mission is to simplify health and wellness. And it's this idea that instead of having to take a pill or use a cream or a patch, what if you could just get dressed in the morning? And so our core technology enables embedding vitamins, supplements, medications through your clothing. So you can buy our products today in Target, Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and excited to talk more about direct consumer as well. Great, uh, Casey? Uh, I'm Casey Jones. I am a co-founder and uh, the COO of Apollo Performance. Uh, we make compression socks, um, and we started making them for dancer footwear, um, and then we've been able to branch out to the mass market with the help of being on Shark Tank in April. Nice. And Kelly. Hi, I'm Kelly Thornton, uh, the founder of Tiege Hanley. We're uncomplicated skincare for men. Or DTC brand that's focusing on trying to help as many men out there, all men as possible, look and feel amazing through our skincare systems. Wonderful. All right. So the first question I just want to start with is how has your Q4 planning for this year uh, changed or how is it different from your Q4 planning last year? Obviously, the economy is in a different place. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that. And Casey, maybe starting with you, I know you've been focusing a lot on your traffic and, and building out your funnel. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. We um, really with our 80% of our business is direct to consumer. Um, and we have really been trying to create a full omni-channel approach um, and top of the funnel, bringing it all the way through um, to the bottom with more email, um, SMS, and PPC conversions since social media struggled. Um, but to know really how that's all working since last year, um, for us, Q4, really, Google Analytics started to go wonky. 
Um, and so we've really spent this year trying to get our attribution down, really knowing what channel is most successful, what is uh, most profitable, um, and what's working in each stage of the funnel. So uh, we recently brought on Triple Whale. It's been fantastic for us. It was the right price point and um, has enough power behind it. Uh, and we had done a couple other uh, platforms before them, so we're really happy with getting there. And then also adding a post-purchase survey, which has been one of the best ways to really know um, where our customers are coming from. So that's really been our focus in this last year from last, uh, in the past year is to understand where our customers are coming from um, and what channel is going to be most effective in each stage of the funnel. Great. Kelly, how about yourself? Yeah, we're, um, we, we were pretty crazy in the early years with um, Q4, and our planning was um, almost non-existent. So we'd go into Q4, I mean, almost week, weeks before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, still trying to figure out what we, were, what we wanted to do, what offers, how we were going to go about it. So at this point, we're, <clears throat> we're really kind of lock everything down by September, um, and we're the way that we approach it is, is it's a time for us to say thank you. We're a subscription business, so our entire economic model is based around um, subscription per, per, uh, purchases. So we really go into a period where we're trying to thank our customers through providing value to existing customers that exceeds the value that we would provide to acquiring new customers during that time, except for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So we're very programmatic and um, we go through the whole whole process of both rewarding existing customers and, and trying to be heavily focused on bringing new customers to T-Shanley. Great. And Jordan, I know, I think you might be the most in retail out of all of the panelists here today. And I mean, in huge retail, um, Walmart, I think you said is one of your, your biggest retailers. So what, what's been different for you this year uh, versus last year planning for Q4? Yeah, it's been interesting. We've almost taken the reverse model. We started in retail and then have actually just transitioned over to, to D2C and Amazon and, and some of the other e-commerce platforms. But we really think about retail as this springboard. It's like a giant billboard right in a store that then trends us towards uh, all of the e-commerce sites. And so for us, we are obviously limited by the number of SKUs and products that you can put in a retail store. And so we've had the ability to do sort of different sizes, different colors, different dimensions that we do on our e-commerce site. And because it's a reusable product, there's the opportunity to capture value uh, straight from, from a retail store. But for us, I mean, where I think a lot of people sort of feel recession, feel tightening, we've tried to take a very aggressive approach based on our growth. And, and oftentimes in the point of a recession, that's the best time to actually be aggressive and try to drive value if you can, because others are pulling back. And because our whole supply chain is here domestically in North Carolina, we don't have a lot of these supply chain issues either. So we're, we feel like we're set up to really be even more aggressive than we were uh, Q4 last year. Great. Yeah, I know for us, we are one of the things we're doing is simplifying our offers and making it more clear that they're really good offers and the best offer that you'll get uh, throughout the year, but making sure that we're also picking our highest margin products and bundles to really push out through the promotion. So even though we're discounting heavily, we're still making good margins. Uh, Kevin, what about you? What, what are some of the differences between uh, running three companies between last year and this year? I mean, I think I think a lot can change in, in a year, right? So I guess a year to the last 18 months, there's been obviously a really massive shift in the space. And so I think from a macro level, 
um, from a content perspective, it's got 10 times harder. So I thought we were pretty good from a content perspective before, but creatives on advertising now just burn out so quick that the last like six months, we've just heavily focused on continuing to build out a stronger um, internal team that can just get the content needs that we need for the ad side of things um, because it's just things burn out a lot quicker. And then um, I think similar to Jordan, I'd say like a year, 18 months ago, we were probably, you know, a majority direct consumer. We've really diversified the business in the last 12 months and have a pretty heavy retail presence now. So trying to think about things now a lot more holistically um, from if we're driving on consumer, how is the uplift happening in retail and vice versa? And I think from a, a planning perspective, um, we're going to start ramping up pretty heavily in October, uh, both on um, on the on the kind of the paid advertising side and bringing people into the funnel as well as the influencer side, and really just uh, ramping up that funnel leading into the holidays. And I think uh, as a brand, making sure you have backups and leaving flexibility if your offers don't work is super important. Um, and then I think the other big shift has been we pushed a lot more into landing pages and thinking about like the importance of landing pages from an advertising perspective. And so making sure we've got really strong landers and deals lined up for Q4 uh, is really important for us. Great. And uh, opposite of what, you know, maybe you're changing or doing differently, would also love to hear what worked well last year that you're going to lean into this year? You know, is there something you're going to do more of uh, that worked really well that you really want to accelerate? Uh, Jordan, going to you, I think you were talking about, you know, being in a category similar to uh, ours where you're you're really creating a category. I'm sure a lot of people heard what your company does and thought, wow, this seems really interesting and they've never heard of it before. So uh, how are you approaching the that sort of content creation for um a, a category that maybe a lot of people don't know about yet. Yeah, I think a big part of it is sort of this category creation strategy. One of my favorite books is, is called Play Bigger, right? And, and the example they give you is Uber, right? You didn't really know you had a problem with taxis until, until Uber told you you did and created this rideshare category. And, and we're trying to do something similar in terms of this healthware category we've created, right? We stood at the intersection of traditional pharmaceuticals and textiles, and solving for this idea of, of patient compliance. We're all busy. We all forget to take pills or creams, but we all get dressed, right? Clothing contacts our skin all day, every day. And so that's where we're thinking about clothing as this platform for delivery. And so what we're really trying to do is educate the market and use category creation as a strategy. And so, yes, it's important, right, to drive ROI and PPC conversions. But on the flip side, for us, it's really an education. And so we look at it holistically, both in terms of our retail footprint and also our e-commerce footprint, where some channels sort of might be a break even for us, and that'll then drive all sorts of other channels, right? I think metric is someone has to see your advertisement seven times, right, before they'll actually go to a store and buy it. And so we really try to think about this as let's cast as wide a net as possible, educate people first, and then ultimately we'll we'll think we'll convert them longer term. Because it's not just one product skew, as, as a lot of folks here on this call, right? It's First, it might be a pain relief knee sleep, right? Then it might be a melatonin pillowcase. Then it might be an athlete's foot sock. And so once you capture that value day one and educate the consumer, we think that there's a much broader lifetime value to the consumer in terms of the, the long-term opportunity here. Yeah. And again, something I can relate to as uh, when I tell people we sell cat backpacks, you know, backpacks you put your cat in uh, and cat harnesses, a lot of people haven't heard of that either. So we definitely spend a lot of our beginning of Q4 
focusing on education. We do in-person events. There's a big event called CatCon coming up that we have a giant booth at and a panel. Uh, and we also host our own virtual events and do things really to build up the email list and the traffic again in like creative educational ways before uh, before uh, the holidays hit. So people you know, are like, oh wait, I know this can actually work. I know why this can be helpful for my cat. Uh, Casey, what about you? What are some things you're leaning into this year? Um, you know, content is definitely one of our top priorities as well. Um, and really building a community in our social media um, and making all of our marketing kind of be cohesive um, and speaking to each other. So, you know, an email will go out, you'll see that same image um, throughout the website, onto the social media, you know, different flights and campaigns. Um, and so just making this over, uh, just building this ecosystem within our social media website and all of our advertising channels to look cohesive, feel cohesive, and then really leaning in on each of the platforms of social media and the organic content, all the owned content has been our big focus um, from SEO and blogs, um, creating long-form content that not only can educate, um, but as part of our mission as a company is to provide people with education uh, for a whole healthy life inside and out. So we do live free classes. We have a podcast. We have um, uh, our blog provides a lot of really great evidence-backed information. Um, so it's kind of uh, for us, our mission is if you know better, you can do better. And so leaning in on building that out with our social media curator and copywriter and our creative team to keep content organic. Um, and then we're able to use that over on the paid side as well. Great. And Kelly, I know you've done a lot of surprise and delight as a part of your marketing strategy. Uh, is that that's something you're going to be leaning into this year as well? And yeah, it's really important for us and subscription business. We do, we like to reward our customers. We have a in, you know, in-house homegrown um, membership kind of rewards program that we built out the technology for. We like to do it, you know, around the holiday season. I think it's really appropriate to say thank you to your customers. So we spend a lot of time, you know, in um, in November and December saying thank you for our customers. And it's, it's a great way to start the new year with people feeling good about uh, your, you know, our company and, and you know, new year, new you. Um, so it's, it's a perfect time to start start the year off by saying thanks to to everybody that's been loyal to our brand. I was going to say, I love, I love surprise and delight. We will usually pick like 20, 25 customers, customers a month and just out of the blue, send them a, like, we'll kind of scope their Instagrams out. And so like this one uh, customer like was obsessed with hot Cheetos. It was like her thing. So we, uh, we took a Glenmedic mailer and then just packed it with hot Cheetos and then put a note <laughs> in it. And you said, you know, thanks for being a, a loyal customer. Like, hope you enjoy these Cheetos. And I, those are the things that I feel like are, um, you know, they're very manual and it takes a lot of time, but it goes a long way in, in like building the community aspect of the, of the business. Yeah, I love more. that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And even it, it seems more scalable and doable if you just put like a number to it, like you said, you know, if you just every month it's, you're picking 10, 15, 20 people to do something interesting for that's, that's really cool. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly 500 billion by 2025. As a fast-growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. 
Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen their brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with a subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. Did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R. G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. So I'm curious about, you know, obviously Q4 is all about delivering tons and tons of products to customers, to retail, and to the 3PL, you know, or warehouse is a big part of that. So I'm curious if anyone wants to just chat a little bit about, you know, anything that they're preparing for from just the shipment side of things. Again, that has been something that's been evolving over time. Uh, Kelly, I know that you uh, mentioned that you have your own uh, warehouse, as do we, so we don't use a 3PL. So what are some of the things that you're doing to prep to make sure that Q4 will be really successful with the experience of getting those packages? Yeah. I mean, anybody that's out there that's thinking about, you know, should they continue to pack their own products? And we have great pictures on the wall when we started and 2016, where we were all, you know, myself and my family, my business partners were packing boxes. And I I really thought that, you know, once we got to a certain number of active um, customers, you know, I was saying once we get to, you know, whatever, a thousand, um, five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen, twenty thousand that we would send it to a 3PL. And we just really leaned into that as a as something that is um, a unique um, strength of our company that we can we can touch the be the last person to touch the box before our customer gets their product from us, and so that's really important for us. And and I think we it allows us the opportunity to have a lot of flexibility in how it how we're um, you know what we're putting in the box, what messages, what our product looks like when it goes out. So um, we really you know that's really an important thing for us. And 
um, you know, we're, we're shipping a lot of product and, and boxes every month. And so for us, it's a really important thing to be able to, to manage that and make sure that the customer experience is, um, you know, is as how we'd like it to be. And I think I'm, I'm sure there's not one other uh, founder on this uh, panel that wouldn't admit that the customer is, you know, is the most important part of your business and treating your customer right and understanding your customer and knowing who your customers are is, you know, critical to any success in business, in my opinion. Yeah, we uh, we also have our own warehouse. We had a nightmare 3PL experience uh, where we realized, you know what, there's no way we can do a worse job than what had been going on. So we're super happy as well to be able to own that experience. Something we're doing right now leading up to Q4 is just re-looking at all of our marketing insert materials and just seeing what can we update, what can we refresh with, you know, making sure we have new products and new details, links and that sort of thing. So we've done a refresh to all of those uh, inserts. Jordan, I know you said, I think you're on 3PL number three or four, um, you know, for someone who is still working with 3PLs, you know, what, and, and has had some bad experiences, assuming <laughs> that many switches, uh, what are some things that you're doing this year to just make sure that, you know, your experience working with this 3PL that you have currently will will be good for this Q4? Well, it sounds like I'm coming over to you, Emily, and tell <laughs> your warehouses and we'll, we'll, we'll ship out of there. Uh, yeah, I mean, so we've looked at a lot of different 3PL models, including shipping ourselves. A lot of the 3PLs that we've looked at were sort of all-encompassing. So they handled like our customer service, they handled our printing. And I think that bundling component ultimately created more issues than it was worth. And so for us, we really couldn't separate one over the other. And so when customer service was bad, right, which we've since brought in-house, then we realized, all right, it doesn't make sense to do 3PL with this group because of the pricing model. And so we've since switched over to a group that just simply does shipping. And I think that's where we went wrong is we tried to we tried to integrate too many things into one partner. And so I think it's caused an evolution of two or three times. I think we've, we've landed where we needed to. Um, but I would, I would say the combination of sort of integrating multiple things into a 3PL and the location created a, a lot of issues for us. Great. Um, I want to talk a little bit about technology and any new technologies that uh, folks are implementing or maybe have been implementing in leading up to uh, Q4. Uh, and Casey, I know you mentioned attribution was really big for the last year and you ended up uh, working with Triple Whale, right? Uh, and I think that there are a lot of different platforms out there that do that sort of work. So could you quickly just talk about what were the main things that made you uh, choose that particular software program and um, uh, you know tips for people who are deciding or they're in between, you know, having a hard time deciding? Yeah, well, I mean, the really understanding your ROAS or, you know, your MER, whatever, like whatever you want to use is that, that, that measurement of how well your dollar is being spent and what's coming back. Um, it, it's just, it's really important for a company all the time, but really at the stage that we're at, we want every dollar to be working in the right place and um, as far as it can. Without, um, since the iOS update, it just skewed the data so terribly, as we all know, <laughs> that it was getting really impossible to know what was happening on our paid social. And before 
the update, you know, we were killing it on, on, on paid social channels. And a lot has changed since then. So now we're able to start to focus and understand and see clearly what those dollars are doing in every single channel and having a more clear and accurate account of that because uh and so for us in choosing the platform there's a lot of options out there that have emerged um due to the ios update and for us it was about finding the right price point some people are charging enormous amount of money that just didn't make sense for us um if you're an enterprise level company that can be a different story um but we, you know for us it was not something that we saw the need to be pouring that much money into. And when you start going through the demos, you saw that um, Triple Well was able to provide the same uh, windows uh, and being able to see the accurateness as well as the other big guys. Um, and they really do it in a simple, clear manner that anybody can read and understand the data. Um, plus they have really great customer service and community support. So. For us, that was kind of like our check boxes because I really went through all the demos from the big guys to the little because I was like, you know, this is what works. We tried some other platforms and they were just really confusing to understand what was happening. Um, you had to add tags onto everything um, and Triple Well made it just really simple with the, their integrations um, for all of our channels. So for us, that was the biggest thing, just being able to have a good handle on knowing not only our uh, return on ad spend, but also it um, even plugs into the after post-purchase survey and helps you really see that and compare it all in one platform. Great. And Kevin, I'm curious, since you are working on three different brands, uh, is there any you know new tech that you've implemented across all three or any that maybe you're only using for one and not all of them because you know the companies have different needs? Yeah, so I, I think for sure, attrib like attribution is a shit show now for I think everyone, and so we um, we use Northbeam. I mean, I think Northbeam and Triple Way are pretty pretty interchangeable and, and do the same job. Um, but we're really trying to like like from a from an attribution perspective, we're looking at a few different touch points. We're looking at Northbeam and like what Northbeam's saying. We're looking at our post purchase survey, which kind of gives us a pulse on like another heat check on where potentially customers are saying they're coming from. Um, and then we're also just, we, we built like a really strong creative feedback loop where we're, we're constantly looking and iterating on the creatives and like what's working and not working and improving on those. And then from another, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it technology, but another SaaS, uh, I guess it's tech is like, we use Disco for like post-purchase, um, post-purchase like upsells and, and, um, they also expanded an audience network now, which has been super helpful. So we, we use that across the brands. And then we try to um, we try to have the internal teams on each of the brands be pretty in sync on what's working and not working. Uh, also, from like a content creator perspective, and and just how to consistently improve the content. But I'd say like the last six months has been really heavily focused on the on the attribution side as well. Kelly, how about you? What what tech are you either building up? Anything new? Yeah, um, you know, kind of sticking with the theme of customer, we we. Um, you know, do most of the things that, that our other panelists talked about in terms of attribution and tracking and data and research. And we apply that towards building out our own personal um, customer experience kind of flow um, in terms of how people can customize, um, interact with our with their 
our dashboard, tracking packages, um, tracking orders, tracking spend, adding different things at different cadences um, mm -hmm. to their orders, and having multiple orders, managing subscriptions. So we um, we spend a lot of time really just focusing on trying to make it very easy um, to do business with T. Shanley. Um, and <clears throat> there's a lot of great, um, you know, out of the off the shelf software um, in, in, in particularly in reoccurring subscription platforms. But um, we've tended to build a lot of the stuff uh, ourselves so that we have it the way we want it for our customers. Um, it's expensive. I actually don't necessarily recommend it for everybody, but um, if you can do it, you know, you can probably land the, the best possible solution in my mind, uh, try to land the best possible solution for your customers. Right. Cool. Jordan. Yeah, I mean, so we look at this again more holistically because we think of ourselves as this platform technology. So, like, one of good example is a company we use called Ogre, um, which for some reason reminds me of Shrek every time I say it. But um, so, what, what they do is they basically do customer segmentation and brand affinities. And so, for us, we can see sort of who buys our product, what demographic they fall in, but more interestingly, what else do they buy, right? So, in retail, you sort of what else is in their shopping cart or their shopping basket. And so you can see, all right, someone that buys new fabrics also uh, buys Lululemon. They also go to Orange Theory. And then for us, all right, then we'll go to Orange Theory and say, hey, do you want to do a co-branded line of moisturizing yoga pants, right? And so it allows us to really understand who our customer demographic is. The customer that's buying a pain product might also want to buy a sleep product or a melatonin product, right? Um, and so it, I think it just gives us a much more interesting understanding of who our customer is and what they do outside of just sort of buying our product or that retail purchase. Right. Yeah, for us, one of the big things tech-wise that we implemented over the last year is a international uh, shipping service called Global E. So we've always been international. We've sold into 75 countries, and Global E now enables us to ship anywhere in the world in three to five business days, which is pretty incredible. Uh, but there has been a lot of software challenges that go along with that. So our site basically now you know, you can choose the flag and it's going to show the product prices in whatever currency that is. Uh, but because of the way it works on the checkout, uh, we've been having to do different promos for U.S. and international customers since we launched, which is obviously not ideal. So that's one of our big tech um, things that we're closing up working on right now is how can we, with this new platform, make sure that we can promote the same promo during you know the q4 season that we are for international and us so fingers crossed we'll wrap that up soon uh so we have about five minutes left so uh, the final topic before of course ending with just a general overall tip you can start thinking about that um is just talking a little bit about financing so i know we have some different perspectives here um but i'd love to start with kevin because you have three companies that have not raised any outside funding but you're also an investor yourself so uh curious if you could share you know what you see as some of the advantages and disadvantages for anyone out there who's thinking about is it worth trying to fundraise in this environment which folks have been saying have you know has been harder because of the economic climate yeah for sure I think there's no right or wrong answer I think it really depends on the individual and and just what makes the most sense for them I think for us when we started the brands and again it was in a little bit of a different environment because it was three or four years ago I was super focused on I want to get these brands profitable within six months to a year. Um, and we were able to do that at the time because I do think the environment was a little bit 
different. Even then, it was still, you know, I went back and forth on sometimes there were days where I really wished I had raised capital because as the business kept scaling, you know, the downside to consumer brands is the amount of cash outlay that you have to put out when you're scaling, particularly on inventory. And then also when you get into retail and then you've got your net terms pushed out. And, you know, we used other options like debt financing and, um, you, you know, we picked up debt lines for sure. But a lot of times, even those would not scale as quickly as we needed. And so um, in some ways, I think, you know, in some ways, I think I wish we, we would have. And I think eventually we'll do a growth equity round at, at this point. But I think as a founder in the early days, you really need to get tight on cash flow, whether you're raising or not raising. That's like the most important thing is do not run out of money. Um, and I think after you really evaluate it, you need to think through, like, do I need this cash or do I not need it? Um, and, and that's probably the best place to start. And if you can't raise capital right now, because it's a really tough environment, then I think you need to get realistic about growing a little bit slower because there's just no way to lean in anymore on ads the way you used to. And it's going to be very costly to lean in on the advertising side. And so you just have to take a much longer term view on things and, um, and be a little bit more realistic in the moment while um, you wait it out to hopefully raise capital later. Casey, I want to go to you next because you were on Shark Tank this year. So we'd love to just hear a little bit about the decision to go on there, how it went, any behind the scenes things that you're allowed to share, you know, and any tips for people who may be interested in going on the show. Um, if you go on the show, take a deal. That's the number one. No matter what, if you get it offered, take it. Uh, makes all the difference. I can tell you uh, it was an incredible experience. Um, and for us, when we decided to apply, uh, every single moment that we were given to, uh, you know, you're basically going through a year-long interview process, and we did it 100% with a cherry on top. So it really is something that we put 100% effort into for, especially because you know we make socks, we're not building the newest. Uh, you know, technology. <laughs> so we had to make sure that we shined in every way um, to finally stand on that carpet. Um, it is uh, what I think a lot of people don't realize is how much um, is so like secretive in the process from the very beginning. Um, we have uh, like you're you're going through this for a whole year before you could possibly even air, um, and so then you're given three weeks notice of when you are airing, if you air. Some people don't even air. So um, I think if you ever come across the Shark Tank company, be kind to them post-airing because <laughs> it is uh, just there's no prediction of really what's going to happen and how you're going to, uh, how they'll edit your presentation. For us, we were extremely, you know, grateful in how everything turned out. We were able to do two years' worth of sales in the first month we did one year of sale in the first 24 hours. So it was insane for us. And we got immediately within the first um, 24 hours, we went into 14 to 18 weeks back order. Um, and then we got a re-air in July. So we've been pushed back and we're still not fully back in stock. So it's been a really strange year for us. Um, and we've actually, but it's been great because it's given us time to reflect, really prep for when we do come back in stock um, strong in Q4. And again, build momentum upon momentum. Nice. 
Awesome. Well, thank you everyone so much. I would love to just quickly wrap if each person could share how they like to connect with other folks. You know, we have all these wonderful people watching and I'm sure they'll want to connect with you and learn more. So uh, if everyone can share their preferred way that they like to network and meet other entrepreneurs, that would be great. I'll start. The best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. You can search my name and uh, shoot me a message there. Kevin? Yeah, I think either LinkedIn or uh, on Instagram. It's just Kevin G. I, uh, I try to get back and just voice memo. I love voice memo. So if someone DMs me, I just hit them back with a voice memo. So um, just nice. Kevin on Instagram. Cool. Jordan? Yeah, definitely LinkedIn. Always happy to chat with sort of fellow entrepreneurs doing cool things. And if we can ever help here in the Carolinas from a textile side, don't hesitate to reach out. Nice. Kelly? Um, I'll go with LinkedIn uh, as well. Yeah, I'd love and you know, I'd like being on shows like this because I really love to hear what other founders are doing. But I also am very ha happy to share knowledge as much as possible. And um, so you can you can find me on LinkedIn and I'd love to chat with you. Awesome. Casey, uh, probably LinkedIn or email. I, I, I don't um, check my personal Instagram as often. So if you were to find me on there, it's private. I do it it's focused on my two little boys. So <laughs> business, go to LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone so much. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a pleasure. So everyone, good luck in Q4. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Bye. Emily. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X eCommerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X eCommerce listeners on our Facebook group, eCommerce Growth Accelerator Mastermind. Just search for 2X eCommerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.